Welcome to the VO2 Lounge podcast, a podcast dedicated to understanding the science of athletic performance. In this episode, we will be learning about the impacts of sleep on physical performance, mental performance, injury risk and recovery, and its effect on mental health in athletes. Of course, this can be extrapolated to non-athletes, so stick around even if you simply want to learn about sleep and its effects on the human body. There's no getting around it. Anecdotally, people will say that they can function on low amounts of sleep, as low as four or five hours, but it simply is not the case. You need to prioritize sleep as it will affect essentially every negative outcome you can think of, from all-cause mortality to mental state and weight gain. Simply look at it this way. If evolution has made it so that we spend one third of our life doing something that renders us utterly useless for that period of time, there clearly must be some sort of benefit to it. I mean, what is our role in this world? Evolution wants us to survive to the point we can reproduce, reproduce, and then we're useless, essentially. So if we are unable to eat, hunt, gather, reproduce or even simply evade predators then you would have thought evolution would have eliminated sleep if it could. I've done an episode in the past detailing the specifics of sleep and its architecture but as a high level summary of that episode let's simply go over some key points. So sleep stages. There are five stages of sleep four of which are non-REM and one which is REM. 3 and 4, as in stages 3 and 4, of non-REM sleep are the deep levels of sleep. Stages 1 and 2 are the light phases of sleep. And then REM sleep, rapid eye movement, is obviously the final uh, stage. We'll be going. These are cycles that we go through in about 90-minute phases. Now, deep sleep is where information is effectively transferred between parts of the brain. First half of the night consists of mainly non-REM sleep, and then later into the night, you will experience more um, REM sleep. This is why cutting your sleep short is so dangerous as you could be eliminating a large amount of your REM sleep. For example, say you want to get up at 5 a.m. to go to the gym and rather than going to bed at, say, 9 p.m., you still go to bed at 11 p.m. And then what will occur here is you will uh, effectively eliminate a large proportion of your REM sleep. Now, let's get on to the starting point and that is athletes and their problem with sleep. Athletes despite their dedication to physical training and conditioning often face challenges in obtaining sufficient and high quality sleep. This is an issue that has um, implications not only on their performance on the field but also their long-term health and recovery. Several factors contribute to the sleep challenges faced by athletes. Training schedules, travel demands, competition stress and the pressure to maintain peak performance can disrupt sleep patterns. Uh, The observations that athletes tend to sleep less on average compared to non-athletes raises concerns about the potential impact on their physical and mental health. The connection between poor sleep and increased risk of injury, including concussions, is particularly noteworthy. The relationship between sleep deprivation and injury risk has been documented in various different contexts and it appears to be a significant concern for athletes. 
Now, understanding and addressing sleep-related issues in the athletic community are crucial for enhancing performance, reducing injury risk, and promoting overall well-being in general. Now, the identification of specific groups of athletes, such as NFL players, being more prone to sleep difficulties like obstructive sleep apnea highlights the need for targeted interventions and awareness campaigns within particular sports. Now, addressing sleep disorders early on have significant positive effects on athletes and health and performance. Now, the reason probably NFL players in particular is let's just think about this and it's probably you can extrapolate it to uh, rugby players. It's the uh, enlarged mass of these individuals. They tend to be very muscular and in certain positions like defensive linesmen, ignoring the muscle mass, just the sheer mass of these human beings is likely the cause of this sleep apnea because if we look at it outside of the athletic community, Yes, there are some people who have it without being overweight, but we do see it as uh, in higher prevalence around individuals who are overweight. Um, so to improve the sleep hygiene of athletes, sports organizations, coaches and medical professionals um, work and collaboratively to develop uh, comprehensive strategies. These may include education on the importance of sleep, creating conductive sleep environments and, and conducive sorry, and managing training schedules to allow for adequate recovery and addressing specific sleep disorders through uh, medical interventions. Now, in sports like the NFL, for example, I'd hope, given how much money and how big the teams are, team doctors are able, well, first of all, are employed, and second of all, are able to target and address such issues. In certain sports, maybe where there's a more historic approach to the whole training philosophy, then it or less money, for example, maybe in Olympic weightlifting, for example, uh, it could be that people slip under the radar who maybe aren't the top prospect, but are in that pipeline and are just getting um, somewhat ignored, shall we say. Now, overall, prioritizing sleep as an integral part of an athlete's training regime is crucial for optimizing their physical and cognitive abilities, reducing injury risks and promoting long-term health and well-being. Now, this is something I do think, and is, I don't not even think, is the case for all, really all training plans that get uh, issued by coaches, really, in, in various environments. Specifically, I suppose, in the endurance um, and possibly strength environment where training plans, non-tailored and tailored plans are quite a popular thing. It isn't always explained that if you're trying during this high intensity or high volume phase almost a training camp-esque phase of training that it's not good enough just to prioritize that 15 hours or 20 hours or 10 hours that you are focusing on doing the sport you also need to adapt your lifestyle to ensure that you are getting adequate sleep and really when it comes to sleep erring on the side of more is better is simply the easiest way to do it giving yourself the greatest sleep opportunity say you are trying to target eight hours of sleep but you get in bed for nine hours sure if you have a, a wake-up time of 6 a.m and you keep on getting up at 5 30 then yes maybe try cut some of that sleep off at the beginning but really that's kind of the ideal situation you can then get up slowly and you can get on with your day like that it is encouraging however to see that 
major sports organisations like the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, and the National Collegiate Athletics Association, the NCAA, um, are recognising the significance of sleep in the context of athletic performance and mental health. The inclusion of sleep health considerations in their official documents indicate a growing awareness of the importance and addressing sleep-related issues for athletes. I'd like to just interject for a short second saying that the fact that the IOC, right, the Olympic, the International Olympic Committee, so the Olympics essentially, is mentioned in the same uh, sentence as a college athlete, uh, athletics association, as a UK individual, is just completely mind-blowing in the sense that US sports is so big at the college level that they have all this infrastructure. And I think it's incredible. And it's one of the, for the most part, America isn't somewhere that um, appeals to me, somewhere to live. However, I think it'd have been really cool to have, say, grown up in that, that, that environment of it, it really, the path being in front of you of at college or getting into college, this is a viable path. But anyway, back on track. The IOC's focus on sleep health, encompassing sufficiency, proper circadian alignment, overall perceived sleep quality and absence of sleep disorders reflects a comprehensive approach to this issue. They recognise the impact of sleep on both mental and physical health. The IOC's uh, recommendations for education, assessment, screening and evidence-based treatment strategies highlight the need for a holistic approach to managing athlete, um, like athletes' sleep in general. Now, the NCAA's efforts to address sleep health in uh, collegiate students um, through their published mental health and best practice and official position statement are really in, in line with the IOC. The recommendations provided such as incorporating uh, sleep screening into uh, pre-participation exams conducting annual surveys on time demand and providing evidence-based sleep education for athletes and coaches demonstrate a, a commitment to fostering a sleep-promoting environment within uh, the collegiate sports programs, which you could probably argue that in the past, some of the stories you hear about athletes going through various systems, it's not, sometimes the coaches can really be pigeonholed into or they got the blinkers on of focusing on the athlete's performance in the environment that they are within when they have access to them and not necessarily branching out or being educated to branch out of that and understand that maybe this time of year there's a lot of pressure from exams or maybe this time of year they've got other stresses and so a easing off in training possibly to in the end achieve a fitter stronger athlete because they don't get ill or they don't get overworked or they don't drop out of the program can now be a thing with stuff such as education on sleep and its effect on athletic performance now overall the initiatives from the INC and NCAA are crucial really steps forward towards integrating sleep health into a broader conversation about the athlete's well-being 
Now, by promoting awareness, education and proactive measures, these organisations are really contributing to a culture that values and prioritises sleep as an essential component of optimal athletic performance and mental health because really it can be contradicted heavily by the celebrity presence and a lot of them having these what is what is commended and what is celebrated is a is a celebrity being in the gym at 4 a.m and not necessarily one they could be doing it unhealthily and they could be going having like five hours sleep or they could be going to sleep earlier and the fact that that is not part of the very small snapshot really that is who athletes in some cases can look up to um, if they're not looking up to someone within the sport and that can make the culture around sleep in and out of sport one that is quite hard to be conducive towards optimal health and performance so what does the epidemiology have to say about athletes and their sleep studies reveal that insufficient sleep can have profound implications on metabolism the endocrine system and its function cognitive outcomes and athletic performance notably athletes when compared to non-athletes tend to experience both a reduced quantity and efficiency of uh, sleep now what is sleep efficiency you ask Sleep efficiency is effectively just the ratio between the amount of time actually spent asleep and the amount of time in bed. So it's saying that athletes, for various reasons that will be underlined later, um, can struggle to get to sleep when in bed or can be woken up in sleep during the night and then remain awake for a prolonged period of time. Now, Research conducted by Lida et al. in 2012 on 47 elite athletes highlighted that on average athletes slept 6.55 hours while non-athletes slept 7.11 hours. Now it's not a massive difference, however athletes exhibited lower sleep efficiency, longer time spent in bed, increased wake up after sleep onset, uh, prolonged sleep onset latency and higher sleep fragmentation. These findings were consistent with other studies indicating an average uh, actographically determined sleep duration of about six and a half hours among elite athletes. So just simply saying, although the sleep recorded on average was 6.55, the actual uh, sleep kind of achieved is six and a half hours, so slightly under. Now, sorry, when I said it's not actually that big a difference, it is to be fair um, a half hour difference which is a reasonable proportion of the total sleep. Um, A study by uh, Ma and colleagues in 2018 reported that 39.1% of athletes uh, self-reported insufficient sleep emphasizing the prevalence of this issue in general. Now Turner et al, another study in 2019, further highlighted that collegiate athletes in a sample of 8,312 people felt they did not get enough sleep on average of 3.8 nights of the week out of seven. Sorry. Uh, the concern about inadequate sleep extends beyond just duration. Studies employing the Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index or the PSQI consistently reveal poor sleep quality among athletes 
is what it says on the tin. It's just a sleep quality index. Um, just determines how, like, simply where you lie on that spectrum. Um, this name may get a little wrong, but uh, Hoshikawa et al. in 2018 found that 28% of 817 Japanese elite athletes exhibited poor sleep quality and Namar et al. in 2018 reported 42.2% experiencing poor sleep quality using, the um, again, the same Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index. Now, the NCAA's recommendations, as outlined earlier in their mental health best practices, emphasizing the importance of addressing sleep-related uh, issues through annual surveys, sleep screening, and evidence-based sleep education for both athletes and coaches. Because it's not good enough just to have the athletes on board. You need to have their coaches. Because especially in a team sport environment, or even so on an individual basis, it's just very hard to just is very easy to just blindly follow the coach's instructions um, and it's quite hard to sometimes change the coach's um, uh, opinion slash input because really they need to be the rudder in all of this. Now daytime sleepiness is prevalent uh, concern as well because what good is it if you are awake if you just feel drowsy all the time. Now Turner et al in 2019 reported that 60.9% of collegiate athletes experienced feeling tired, dragged out or sleepy during the day, at least three days of the week. Additionally, Mahatal, again, 2018, found that 51% of students um, reported high scores in the Epsworth sleepiness scale, indicating elevated levels of sleepiness among elite athletes. Now, another thing to bear in mind, which have um, talked about in my uh, sleep dedicated episode is sleep chronotype. Now, chronotype distribution among athletes reveals a higher prevalence of morning and intermediate types, potentially influencing variations in performance based on training schedules and competition times. Now, distri- uh, disturbances in circadian rhythm due to travel, uh, which athletes can often do quite a lot of. Um, Time zone changes or late night competitions can impact sleep patterns that subsequently affect athletic performance. I mean, take this for example, um, as to how important uh, competition time can be on performance. In the 2009 Beijing Olympics, it was proposed to move the swim finals from their evening slot to the mornings to suit US viewers. Now, David Sparks, the British swimming chief executive, com- commented at the time saying British swimmers would compete whenever they were told to. But I prefer the evening finals because that's what swimmers have been trained to do and they are stronger in the evenings. That's the level of like swimming. You are competing for such a fine margin in overall time that anything you can get really to trigger the body to be at its peak is crucial and here is a fine example of how moving things around in the time of day you're competing is critical now this isn't to say that if you are a middle tier athlete going to do your first marathon for example that it's make or break what time the marathon's at no because you're not competing at the cutting edge of the sport 
you could make more improvements simply by upping your training volume or increasing the number of intervals you're doing or so on and so forth in your period. There are so many other levers to pull. Whereas when these people are already at the ceiling of what they can do, things like competition time start to really impact performance. Now, moving beyond sleep duration and quality, various sleep disorders pose significant challenges. Insomnia, often influenced by the demands and stresses of elite sports, has a reported prevalence ranging from 13 to 70% among uh, athletes. Sleep apnea, particularly prevalent in strength and high contact sports, pose unique challenges due to the physical characteristics associated with these sports. That is what I mentioned earlier. It's that in any of these usually contact sports, you tend to be a large human being. Obviously, things like mixed martial arts, because there's weight categories, you may not suffer in the lower weight categories, although I'm curious what the case is for someone who is, say, 10 kilos heavier than what their non, uh, say, hypertrophically enhanced state would be, whether they suffer from sleep apnea, but restless leg syndrome or RLS and uh, uh, and periodic limb movements, PLMs, are relatively common among elite athletes with the prevalence rates varying across different sports. Despite the challenges in pre- uh, precisely assessing insomnia in athletes, studies emphasize its significance in the context of elite performance. Um, I'm assuming restless leg syndrome, I guess endurance sports maybe could be uh, sort of vulnerable to this more just because the level of use of the lower body for their sport i'm not 100 percent certain but this is definitely something i've heard of a few times in the past so how does sleep affect athletic performance slash physical performance which is probably the main bit that people are interested in directly although we've already mentioned it let's get into some kind of specifics but the um, adverse effects of sleep restriction on athletic performance have been extensively documented uh, encompassing cardiorespiratory uh, psychomotor aspects notably studies such as the one conducted by Mogan in 1991 revealed heightened physiological demands during submaximal efforts following sleep restriction participants exhibited increased heart rates altered ventilation and elevated lactate accumulation ultimately leading to quicker exhaustion compared to baseline um, nights now this is the basically the the key most integral factors of any endurance sport and really most team sports it, you could be doing a 200 meter race a 400 meter race a 200 kilometer race that's running or riding you could be doing swimming rowing you could be playing football you could be playing rugby you could be in the nfl really anything that requires prolonged exercise where the body is at a sub-maximal effort for an extended period of time for anything more than minutes really <laughs> like less than that this is going to be crucial especially these elevated lactate levels even for the shorter duration sports now the impact extends to anaerobic power with various studies demonstrating reductions in average and maximum power among cyclists and football players the underlying reasons for decreased exercise resistance included alterations in aerobic pathways changes in perceived effort and the onset of neuromuscular fatigue so even 
weightlifters really are going to be affected. Anyone doing a sport or any kind of physical exertion is going to be negatively impacted by even one night's poor sleep. Now, sleep deprivation also affects the recovery of muscle glycogen as evidenced by a study shown um, inadequate replenishment within 24 hours after 30 hours sleep deprivation compared to 8 hours sleep opportunity. This compromised glycogen uh, concentration may hinder athletes' ability to compete for extended periods, leading to reduced muscle function and stamina. I mean, this can be a next time you're watching, say, a grand tour, if you're that way inclined, um, or even a marathon race or anything. But grand tours are the kind of really the best example of this, where someone could one day have a great performance or be performing really well, and then just just one day really just fall short of the mark and that clearly when these people are depleting themselves these athletes are really emptying their glycogen storage and then the next day need to compete again it's going to be critical that they have a restful and adequate amount of sleep than the night before the next event to ensure that they are able to do the amount of work the next day Really, a poor night's sleep is going to hinder that. Now, disturbances in autonomic nervous system characterized by the increased sympathetic activity and decreased parasympathetic activity following sleep deprivation raises concerns about the potential development of overtraining in athletes, while some studies suggest that minimal impacts on cardiorespiratory variables during exercise variations in findings may stem from differences in study protocols and exercise modes. Now, despite reducing running distance, studies found no significant effects on cardiorespiratory or thermoregulatory functions in athletes following sleep deprivation. This may be attributed to influences in perceived effort during the final stages of prolonged high-intensity exercises after sleep deprivation. Now, we've touched on this already in this previous uh, part because uh, recovery is so critical and so intertwined with athletic performance that we couldn't help but mention it but now let's look at the effects of injury risk and recovery as a result of poor sleep or sleep in general now the prevalence of concussions in competitive sports with an estimated 3.8 million occurrences in the u.s alone uh, underlines the concerning issue um, exacerbated by under uh, reporting Um, now because it's simply you think how many concussions if you've played a contact sport you know yourself how many concussions probably go unreported um you may have even experienced one yourself to a mild degree where you're not unconscious that can still be a concussion and played on i know in the past there are times when i've probably suffered from it to some extent it's not knocked me unconscious I've felt fine on the field and then 48 hours in some cases later you start to feel that maybe not everything is as it should be but nothing happens as a result. You don't report it, you carry on with your life and that's why these 3.8 million occurrences in the US are likely far higher. Now approximately 50% of concussions go unreported and 1 million student athletes report multiple concussions within a year. Now, team sports pose a higher risk of concussion and significant number of athletes indicate their coaches are unaware of their concussion symptoms. I mean, as I've mentioned already, 
it's quite easy for them to get swept under the carpet or if people in their developmentary phase are doing trials and are going to various teams or different environments where they're training maybe they get a concussion there go back to their actual team they play for week in week out and the team's not aware of it now sleep emerges as a potential risk factor for concussions a study involving ncaa athletes found that clinically moderate to severe insomnia and excessive daytime sleepiness were predictors of in um, of incident concussions now outperforming more traditional risk factors um, that you would associate with concussion. Now, post-concussion sleep disturbances include daytime sleepiness and insomnia, contribute to the prolonged recovery and exacerbated combined, uh, sorry, comorbid features of uh, depression, fatigue, and pain. Now, a crucial aspect of concussion management is the return to baseline cognition and symptom reporting. Athletes with fewer than seven hours of sleep before uh, testing perform worse emphasizing the need for valid neurocognitive baseline tests now gender differences in symptomatic uh, presentation after concussion highlight a necessity for individualized baseline assessments uh, so basically a player-to-player -player, uh, baseline test now concussion regardless of how severe it is requires careful monitoring due to its impacts on the brain continued poor sleep symptoms followed by concussion reliability predict prolonged recovery uh, and adolescents reporting greater sleep disturbances during recovery perform worse on neurocognitive testing it's all somewhat quite obvious that people are for whatever reason will be more susceptible to a concussion if they have been poor sleep and then the recovery is going to be usually hindered by this concussion. Maybe they feel nauseous, maybe they feel depressed, and it drags out this recovery phase because they simply aren't getting now even less sleep than they were before. Now, insufficient sleep also emerges as a risk factor for injuries in athletes. Adolescents sleeping less than 8.1 hours, don't know why it puts 8.1 rather than just 8, but in general, 8.1 hours um, nightly, are more likely to experience injuries with cumulative effects of years of sleep debt potentially influencing injury outcomes. Now, bi-directional relationship between nutrition and sleep for, uh, further com complicates the picture with implications for both recovery and injury prevention. Um, adolescents sleeping less than 8 hours per night are more prone to injuries, indicating a connection between sleep duration and injury risk. Poor sleep and nutrition may combine to impact injury mechanisms in athletes, highlighting the need for comprehensive exploration. Now, why the eight hours? I suppose I don't need to answer that, but it is generally just put forward that eight hours for an adult specifically, this does actually vary depending where you are. One, in your de de um, developmental phase, whether you're a child still, whether you're a, like a young adult, whether you're in your teens, whether you're in your 20s and your training status how much training do you do and really if the world was perfect or we didn't work or so on and so forth every day you'd wake up without an alarm you'd go to bed at the same time whatever time you deem respectable whether you're someone who feels tired and ready to go to bed at 8 p.m whether it's 10 p.m 11 12 so on and so forth and then you just wake up naturally you'd have no alarm 
and you'd allow your body to do what it needs to do. But unfortunately, the way of the world and the way we're trying to juggle many things, less the case for athletes who are professional and aren't maybe tied to a wake-up time. But as we can see, other things can clearly affect sleep. What about cognition? Because really, in a team environment, cognition can be incredibly important. And a lot of um, sports cognition is incredibly important. Now, sleep plays a pivotal role in various cognitive functions and essential for athletic performance. Vigilance and reaction time are significantly affected by sleep restriction, negatively impacting attention and um, reaction times, even after just one night of complete sleep deprivation. Conversely, sleep extension has been shown to improve reaction times and reduce daytime sleepiness, um, particularly in student athletes. Now, student athletes, to some extent, are probably some of the most sleep deprived, should you say, especially with probably a vibrant, in some cases, uh, social life, staying up late on weekends, alcohol consumption, so on and so forth. And the fact that one, they're an athlete, so they need more sleep and two, they are still young and still developing both uh, their like their brain and their like skeletal system, muscular system, all that. They need more sleep, and so arguably these can be some of the most sleep deprived individuals in the athletic sphere. Now, um, executive functions crucial for strategic thinking, decision making, and cognitive flexibility are com- compromised by insufficient sleep. Deep sleep, specifically slow wave sleep positively impacts the prefrontal cortex enhancing functions related to the cerebral region Um, inhibitory control prioritization and cognitive flexibility vital for athletes suffer under conditions of sleep deprivation and the ability to make sound decisions during high stakes moments in sport may also be compromised you think i'm going to use rugby because it's a sport i used to play you think you are in a moment one of your teammates breaks through the defensive line and you now have to make a decision in that moment what line do you run where do you go do you decide to uh, run it in a gap for the offload do you just stick closer to them and go in for the clear out say they then now get tackled you go in for the clear out or your third or fourth person there, the scrum halfs down, you need to now make a quick decision as to what do you do with this ball, do you pick and go, do you offload, are there other options, so on and so forth. There are so much going through a player's mind in various positions, and a 9 or a 10, if they have a poor night's sleep, you think how detrimental that could be to the game, especially if the only other option is to substitute them for someone who's vastly less experienced in say the worst case scenario, a World Cup final. This is how why sleep is so important. Now, learning and memory consolidation, crucial for skills acquisition and information recall, occur during sleep, particularly in non-rapid eye movement, REM, as I've already described before. Now, sleep restriction can impair memory consolidation, highlighting the importance of adequate sleep after learning new skills. So, pre-season you're learning new moves whether that's football hockey cricket it could be in your developmental phase learning how to uh, catch under the high ball it could be learning new strokes when batting all these things are consolidated in the brain 
once you have gone to sleep. Anyone who's gone through this process of learning these skills, maybe you get incredibly frustrated with how you're serving in tennis or how you're striking the ball in football. Then you come back two days later and suddenly all this stuff you've been doing to try and learn it has just clicked. And that is the brain's ability to go, okay, hang on. I haven't got the capabilities of doing this right now, but you've shown me what I need to do. So how about you come back tomorrow? I'll work on this in the background. And when you go to sleep, I'll put two and two together and you'll be able to do it now. That is the miracle of sleep, really. So don't shortchange it. Now, something that I, I am extremely happy is more prevalent in the media now, and that is people's mental health, and specifically around athletes, because often I think athletes can be seen as quite resilient and hardy and unfazable individuals because of you, the way you see them perform. But something that can definitely really impact athletes is the end of competition, whether that's retiring, whether that's just the end of a season, this can really impact mental health. Now, the biodirectional relationship between sleep and anxiety, stress, slash stress really, significantly influences the well-being and performance of athletes. Research has highlighted associations between sleep patterns, daily stresses and mood states, Poor sleep quality and short sleep duration are linked to cognitive uh, interferences related to stress, such as intrusive thoughts and ruminations. Um, conversely, stressful experiences and cognitive influences throughout the day can impact bedtime and wake time. Now, I am someone who definitely struggles with rumination from time to time. I've never put it down as a mental health issue in the sense that it's never got to the point where it's like, I need tools to manage this outside, like pharmacological tools, for example, or another person like a therapist, for example. I, in over the years, have found that often if I've got a lot of different things going, I can ruminate a lot, and things like notepads just to write stuff down and just put scribbles down has helped me a lot. But what I'm bringing this up for is that it drastically impacts sleep onset and sleep quality it's almost like I've become quite good at getting to sleep regardless of what's going on but if I go to bed ruminating it's almost like my mind continues to ruminate and I suffer with poor sleep and a lot of daytime drowsiness now the prevalence of anxiety symptoms in adult athletes ranges from 7 to 26 percent with higher rates reported among student athletes reaching up to 37%. I think this is somewhat understandable. As a student, you haven't necessarily a lot of the time experienced the world and how things are outside of your sport to some extent. Your sport can be the be-all and end-all. You've also got the fact that you've got education still going on, which can seem extremely daunting because of how it can affect your life in the future. And your brain's still developing. So it's no surprise really that student athletes are going to be experiencing a heightened amount of this stress. Now, anxiety is identified as a primary factor affecting athlete sleep, leading to disturbances such as nighttime awakings and lower sleep quality before competitions. The new sleep environment common for athletes can uh, exacerbate anxiety negatively impacting both sleep and subsequent performances. That's why having some kind of small 
techniques. For example, I always sleep with an eye mask for two reasons. One, the UK, the summers, quite long days, and sometimes I can be going to bed and it's still light. I don't have blackout curtains. But also what it does for me is when I go somewhere new and I have this sleep mask on, it's almost like I put it on and my brain goes, it's, it's time to go to bed. And it just gives you that comfort in environments that are not necessarily the most comfortable. Now, athletes experiencing consistent sleep insufficiency are more prone to heightened anxiety levels, making it challenging to cope with environmental challenges and stressors. Adequate sleep becomes crucial for athletes to effectively manage stress and optimize their performance. And further studies are needed to better understand the biodirectional relationship and develop tailored strategies to enhance the well-being of and the performance of athletes. So as we come to uh, the end, really, of this episode, what can we do or what can be done to improve sleep within athletes? Now, promoting a culture of healthy sleep in athletes is crucial, but challenging given societal attitudes, as I mentioned before, that valorize tolerating insufficient sleep as a sign of mental strength this person this sorry perception often regarded as a badge of honor can influence young elite athletes striving for peak performance to counter this teams can play a pivotal role in promoting healthy sleep as a performance enhancer it involves recognizing that sleep is essential for athletic performance and recovery, debunking the notion that sufficient sleep should induce guilt. Though some high-profile athletes have begun emphasizing the importance of sleep, it's not yet the norm and sleep isn't consistently prioritized among elite athletes and professional team sports. Now, it's moved on a little bit and I would say it is becoming more and more prevalent, especially with things like YouTube where you've got so many athletes now with a voice out to the world People are more aware of the importance of sleep now than they were, say, be three, four, five, even ten years ago. Now, systematically screening for sleep problems is essential to grasp the extent of issues, identifying areas for improvement, and pinpoint individuals at risk. Ideally, teams should conduct sleep assessments at the beginning of the season and follow up with um, perspective evaluations. Challenges including integrating sleep assessment into existing programs, uh, deciding on appropriate tools, conducting assessments at multiple time points and developing collaborative relationships with sleep providers is uh, is important really. Now, validate uh, validated sleep questionnaires such as the athletic sleep screening questionnaire and the athletic sleep behavioral questionnaire can be valuable tools. Um, to aid this process and provide a baseline as to what sort of questions you should be asking and how to react to the questions. Now, addressing sleep disorders among elite athletes requires tailored screening, considering that different athletes may be susceptible to specific sleep disorders based on their sport. Now, sports medicine teams should uh, educate and diagnosing and treating sleep disorders with a focus on referring to sleep specialists when necessary. Now, education about sleep disorders should be extended to both athletes and staff. Sports medicine uh, speci uh, specialities should not only provide treatment for sleep disorders, but also actively promote good sleep behavior and positive effects on athletic and academic performance. So, really, we know how crucial it is, but when sleep disorders are identified, 
evidence-based treatments such as positive airway pressure therapy or CPAP basically oral appliances for sleep apnea and cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia should be applied however the unique challenges in athletes where some treatments may impact performance and fall under uh, banned substances need to be considered that is why it's so important to have lots of knowledgeable people working together you need the, the sleep professionals you need the medical professionals you need the people uh, the team leaders and the managers to put forward these ideas in the first place and create this environment but then you also need people who really know their substances and know what's banned and what isn't or really anyone can do that but just having people involved in that that uh, review is important you can see how you could quite easily easily end up on a banned substance by accident which has no possibly performance enhancing effects but outside of um, very strict monitoring could either one violate the spirit of sport as i think they call it or it could be de deemed a health risk competing on it but no performance uh, improvements i mean in saying that you can get a therapeutic exemption um but knowing people that know how to go through that process also important. Now, understanding the complex relationship between training loads, timing, intensity, sleep, and performance is essential. Efficient training that prioritizes recovery over merely increasing load is preferable. Now, striking a balance between training intensity, recovery, and sleep is crucial to prevent injury risks associated with insufficient sleep. Before ending this episode i'd like to make a special mention to the paper that i predominantly based this episode from that is sleep and athletic performance impacts on physical performance mental performance injury risk and recovery and mental health uh, written by jonathan charest and michael a gardner i'll leave a link to that paper below in a free access format uh, from pubmed so what do you think are you someone guilty of poor sleep or is your sleep already pretty dialed? Do you even know someone who shortchanges sleep for the sake of an extra Netflix episode or even struggles with sleep duty, evening races or late team training sessions? For more content like this, explore my previous episodes and consider following, rating and sharing the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Share your thoughts or suggest future topics at the vo2lounge at gmail.com or the vo2lounge discord server. Links all down below. Thank you for tuning in and until next time, it's goodbye.